Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dash American, where we bring people from all different kinds of cultural backgrounds and people who have different relationships with their cultural background to come together and share their stories. My name is Hubert Silva, and today we're talking about being a woman, a person of color, and working in the corporate world. Let's meet the group today. Hi, my name is Vivian Wang, and I consider myself Taiwanese-American. My parents grew up in Taipei, and I was born in California. Um, I work at a music publishing company in Midtown, New York. My name is Nicole. Uh, I identify as Filipino-American. I'm first-generation American. My, uh, my parents both grew up in the Philippines, and they moved here. And um, my job, I work in data department in a software uh, company, basically, that works with buildings and project management. Hi, my name is Andrea Navarrete. I identify as Mexican-American, um, and I work as an administrative assistant at an ad agency, so in the media world. Cool, perfect. So why don't we just get started with the discussion? So when the word corporate is used, a lot of stereotypes seem, seem to come up. Um, very like this idea of being in front of the computer all day, being mundane, very like the office, just without always having the shenanigans of a Michael Scott. Um, for you ladies, is it true or do you disagree? It's not as bad as some people think. Is there like a, maybe a specific experience or incident that comes to mind when someone says corporate office job? I think it's just white collar generally. Um, I do kind of think of the stuck in a seat thing. I also work in a startup, so it's a little bit more casual. Like I'm wearing ripped jeans right now and it's allowed at work. So I don't wear the suit and tie, um, or like business wear. So I don't, I'm not too loyal to the like image of white collar. However, I do lean a little bit more casual, but so it's kind of in between. I actually have the opposite experience. I, um, have to dress up a lot more professionally uh, simply because they try to uh, create this kind of illusion of uh, uptight advertisement, I would say. Well, based on these, uh, your response, both of your responses, I think it really depends on what industry you're in. To say if you're in Wall Street, of course, you have to always be in the full suit and everything. I work at a music publishing company. I think the only people I see wearing anything close to a full-on suit is the CEO, the president, the CFO, Everyone else, about semi-business or semi-casual, um, but nothing over the top like that, you know. Some people nowadays, as you know, people of color right here, some people equate corporate world as joining like the white world. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that ever? Do you ever notice any ethnic biases? There is a new movie actually coming out next week called Sorry to Bother You, where it's about a black man excelling mm. in the corporate world by mm -hmm. using his white voice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you ever find yourself, you know, just in weird instances where you're like, oh, I gotta be less of a person of color, however you identify as that, or what you kind of see that as? Interesting. I, I've i seen the trailer, Sorry to Bother You, a couple of times. I do relate to that in a sense because I grew up speaking Chinese first, or Mandarin, um, and then I didn't learn... Uh, English until I went to preschool so when I first started speaking English I did have a Chinese accent or so people had told me up until third grade after that I'm very sure by you know by middle school high school I was accent free or I thought that I, I'm accent free but even then from time to time especially even in, in interviews just to feel a little more accepted and make my potential employees feel comfortable, I do make sure that I speak more, you know, quote, quote, American, make them view me as somebody that's um, employable. 
Um, I don't know if you two feel the same way. A great word that Viv used was making the other people around you more comfortable. Is that something that's always going through your mind? Like, oh, I have to, I have to less be this way of myself. Yeah, absolutely. Just to answer your question, I think I have to tone myself down a lot. Being like the only person of color in the office, I think there's maybe uh, another Asian girl and that's it. Um, But being, you know, the only Latina in the office, I feel like I have to represent them and I have to present myself in like such a manner. Like I can't like always use my, uh, like I can't speak the way I normally would. So I have to like set this like different different standard of myself so I'm more accepted and then I sound intelligent and I sound like I know what I'm doing um I would say yes and no I don't feel like I hold myself like I said because maybe it's because I'm in a more casual setting that I don't have to hold myself up so much um I also am not client-based like or client-facing jobs like everything's usually through email sometimes over the phone but nothing really to that extremity where I feel like I have to hold myself back. However, I do feel like I have less experiences to share with like Caucasians in my office. <laughs> I would say a race joke, but like only a minority would really appreciate it mm. over like yeah. a white person. Right. So there is there are boundaries that I am very aware of. However, I also um, because I'm American and I grew up here. And I grew up in a very, like, white society. Like, my high school was majority Caucasian and, like, my, like really not a lot of, like, minorities. So I grew up that way, so I'm kind of comfortable with them. And honestly, when I joined the corporate world, I didn't realize it at first until my friends pointed it out. They're like, do you notice everyone in our office, which is, like, the lower part of the, the social ladder in, ladder in our office, they said, don't you notice we're all minorities here, but outside is where all the white people are. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds really interesting that we're, I guess maybe the key word that we're kind of floating around is like navigating through the office space, office society. You guys on the panel are women. Do you, it's something I definitely want to bring up. Um, Do you find yourself more navigating? Because I believe, and this is fact, not I believe, this is fact. Women have to work five times harder to get three times the reward. Do you find yourself ever navigating more into fighting female stereotypes in the office, them thinking, you know? So I have a lot of thought on that, but it's a lot of intersectionality too. So I don't know if it's whether I'm a woman or I'm a model minority because I'm Filipino American. So I don't understand if it's... It's just a, it's a clash of the both, so I don't mm. know, like, so I have high expectations for myself, and so do other people, and I think they expect me to work hard, but now my work is devalued compared to a white person who would work just as hard, because I'm expected to do that. That's like the my model minority myth. But also, as a woman in the workplace, I also struggle to work harder, but again, I'm devalued because they kind of expect that from a woman trying to make it into the corporate world which is funny, I just got hired in a job and I have a white coworker and I'm always constantly comparing myself to him and I just see myself with more ambition because I'm raised that way as like a minority. My parents are always like, be a go-getter, go be ambitious, like strive, do better, you can always do better. And I just see him laying back, just chilling, you know. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, that's a way they're brought up or a way they have the connections and the foundation to make it easier into at least my corporate world, but I didn't have those connections, so I had to work to get there. 
Yeah, just feeding off what Nicole was saying, I definitely feel like we have to work so much more harder just to get halfway, not even halfway, like just just getting our foot into the door. Um, it's all about connections now, who you know and who you don't know. And that's what really uh, sets people apart. And I feel like because we don't have these connections, because we have to work so much harder, it just shows how much more willing we're, we're able to grow. And I think that says a lot about women and just like women of color in general, because we don't get these opportunities as, you know, our white counterparts do. That's true. That's true. And also, um, I have a friend who actually co-founded this group called Asian Americans in Media, where um, it's it started off with actually female, mostly female. There are some uh, Asian American males, but mostly Asian American female women from all different media industries like HBO, Vice, um, I think BuzzFeed as well. But they came together to form this organization because they were just saying, you know, similar things as you guys, how they had to work twice or five times as hard just to prove themselves. And and they were not only people of color, but also women. And they thought that, you know, after all, everything they've been through, actually, these women hold very high positions, which makes me so proud to um, know them. Uh, But they said because they work so hard, they understand what other people other other women of color who might be on a lower stance and know uh, know what they're going through. And so they're willing to fight and help them just as much because they know what they're going through. I'm hoping that it can really make a difference, and especially because there's not a lot of Asian Americans in the media industry as well, you notice, mm-hmm. and we're very underrepresented. underrepresented. Mm-hmm. With Akin being what it is, a startup, and trying to maybe become a platform for art for people of color, the, all of us have our day jobs, the, the jobs that pay the bills. Did you get lucky and it fits your passion? Did you eventually learn to love it? Or, like I said, is it just for you, at the, maybe some of us, a job is a job and it's got to pay the bills. Because knowing us as people of color, Nikki brought it up, we do have to strive just a lot more because it's not just for us. Mm-hmm. It's for our parents. Mm-hmm. Myself, I was, ex- as I guess the conversation of color, I was expected to be a doctor or at least a nurse. Didn't everybody? <laughs> Didn't everybody, yeah. So <laughs> lawyers. Yeah, the three and four of us and the three of you ladies technically didn't go that route. Not I'm saying, are you, do you hate your job? <laughs> uh, where are you with your job? You know, did you learn to love the field you're in? Have you always loved it? So if I could just go, I have like a, uh, a long answer to this question. Um, I actually don't like where I'm currently at. I feel like I have a lot of difficulty trying to get out of administrative assistant jobs because that's all they see me as. I applied to different roles and I literally got it back like, oh no, you would be a better fit as a front desk. And like just um, my job was interviewing and every person that you see who would come in was white. And I was like, I cannot believe like I'm equally as qualified. Why don't they see that in me as well? Um, it's, and I feel like I've definitely, like right now I'm trying to like uh, change jobs and do something else and it's still a struggle and I still have to like sell myself so much harder um and I still feel still feel like I'm navigating this corporate world and trying to find a place where I fit trying to find a place that is willing to nurture me because I feel like oftentimes you don't see people of color in these offices and it's hard it's really hard to get in um in the music publishing company that I work part-time for not even full-time just part-time I mean there's literally only two Asian American women working in the office, including myself. The other one is some customer relations director. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it's like I am literally a minority 
And I brush it off every day, but in some ways, yeah, I, I do walk in going like, why aren't there more of people like me? Um, I work in, I, I do love database work these days. It's not my favorite, but I'm learning so much. And I did apply to one of their full-time jobs once. I applied to be an executive assistant to the president, and I didn't get it. It ended up being a white woman that got the job instead. I'm actually fine not getting the job because it really ideally is not what I wanted for a full-time. But it did make me wonder. It did make me question. Why is, is, it, is it because of my race? Or is it really because I'm not as experienced as her? Like, is it really about experience or is it race? Something I always think about till today. No, I have, I have, I have no animosity towards their decision. But I do wonder. I really yeah, do. It, like, haunts you, but then you're in an environment mm-hmm. where you can't, like, be like, yo, no. what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. then that's unprofessional. No, absolutely. Very unprofessional. But, yeah, so, like I mentioned before, like, I just don't feel like I have the foundation to excel in my current field that I want to do. I want to do data analytics. I have had uh, previous um, jobs in data. However, I feel like they start really young with some people in my company where they have internships through high school, but they get that through their parents. My mom's a nurse and my dad works in computer science, which is actually pretty rare. Usually they're just nurses or doctors or somewhere in the medical field, but I decided not to go that route. And so when I didn't go that route, I was trying to go into data and data analytics, but no one in my family works there. They're either nurses, doctors, medical assistants, like... Um, and I just don't have the foundation to get the connections to get the job that I want. So I have to like basically mow a path for myself. This one I interviewed and I got in. Is it my ideal job? No, I feel like it is a foot in the right direction just again to build up my foundation. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I'm building it a little bit later than other people might have had the opportunity to because like I said, my workplace is majority white. And right now I have someone who works in my office. His son is an college sophomore and he's interning at the office so you see he's building his foundation very early so that by the time he graduates he should have a stronger foundation than I did when I graduated um on top of that too I'd like to say for the diversity of my workplace it's currently starting to become more diverse all the new hires are black Asian and one white guy (laughs) but um But majority before the newcomers, they were all white. I have to say, like, all the new people and the diverse people have been there only, like, at most a year. I've only been there for eight weeks. So, but only the new hires are all diverse. They only put one white guy there. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like uh, jobs are doing that, like, pushing diversity a lot more nowadays? Oh, yeah. Even my old job before I quit, like, the newcomers were two Asians. It was majority white. I had two corporate jobs. They were majority white, definitely. But they are starting to put more uh, diversity into their office. However, I feel like hospital administrations are pretty diverse because I've also worked there as well, like the office side of a hospital. But they are actually diverse. And I don't know whether it's because you start to go to the medical field and you decide... Now I'll do administrative work anyways, but let's stick to medicine, and that's why they're more diverse there. I'm not sure why, but definitely like corporate versus medicine, I definitely see the more diversity in medicine, even if it is administrative work. But do you think they're more diverse because um, Asian American culture tends to push children into studying medicine? Right. 
like, wouldn't that be a huge factor into why they're more, quote, quote, diverse? Exactly. I think, again, it's foundation. Like, they're going to hook you up with someone in the hospital. You're going to start as admin just to get the feel of the hospital. But then you just decide to stick to administrative work Mm -hmm. in the medicine field because they have good insurance. They have good um, benefits. You know, Mm -hmm. it's all about, like, security. And even if you're administrative in the, uh, the admin work in a hospital, it's still very stable that parents are just like, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I think it's because Asian Americans have rooted their self or have associated themselves so well with the medical industry or law industry or maybe even the music industry. I really kid you not, especially with everyone learning piano and everything. My mom would go like, you know, back when I was younger, like, oh, we know this girl who, um, who's uh, studying with this other professor who's really good. And we would it was easy for me to be able to make that connection with that professor. But then when it came to the media industry, my parents knew nothing about that. So I literally had to pull my own bootstraps and make my own connections, put on a thick, tough face and go to networking events and literally try to sell myself out there despite my background, despite the fact that I'm a woman. You know, it is hard. It is hard without that backbone, without like what the, what you said, the word foundation. It really is cultural foundation. I think that's a key word here. I actually have, um, being a Mexican-American and mm-hmm. being first generation, I really don't have any connections anywhere. Like a lot of, so I have a very different experience than you guys. You guys have the connections within like the medical fields. Whereas then I feel like I'm, I literally feel like I'm the very first person in my entire like or like immediate uh, family who is doing this who graduated college who is trying to figure out what direction ahead or what the best course of action is so I feel a lot more pressure and a lot more what the fuck am I doing kind of <laughs> situation um, because I'm the very first to do it all and that puts a lot of stressors uh, because I don't know what's out there I don't know what possibility I can uh, like you hear a lot of these stories because I used uh, at my job at, as an administrative assistant. You talk to different people, and this girl was telling me how she like majored in German fairy tales and she works now as uh, a media buyer. And I was like, "How do you do that so easily?" And I can't. I'm having a difficult time doing that. And it's all about who you know, and that's so quintessential. And it's so unfortunate because we don't have that that kind of easily or that kind of network. And it's hard to build and find that network. Feels like something we're really taking away from this that I did not even think about is the fact that people of color, we really do have to create our own paths. Mm-hmm. And we are a lot of the times put in situations where, you know, it is just us. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's great to have support from your friends, but at the end of the day, when it comes to your career, it really is just us. And I think it's really great that you know, anyone listening or even just the three of us can under, like actually realize that and like understand that you're not alone, at least in the experiences. Um, this is actually kind of where maybe a good place to wrap up. I want to ask you ladies, a word that is comedically used a lot in our generation mm-hmm. is adulting. <laughs> and, you know, getting the job, waking up early, doing the nine to five, that is all part of adulting. So before we wrap up, do you guys have any insight maybe advice experience that you want to just let others know that they're not alone when it comes to figuring out how to adult i think going off what andrea said because i just went to a networking event literally last week and 
this black woman who I talked to, actually. I'm so glad I met her because she majored in media studies. And then she worked for EMI Music Group um, and some other major companies like Bloomberg and whatnot. Um, And then she worked for MTV for a a fashion group. And I was like, how do you do that? But she was like, it's literally not what you know, it's who you know. Like if I had not continued to meet people, be open-minded and constantly keep in touch with people or shoot them an email, no matter how silly it seems, something will come to you. And I also live by this motto, if you do nothing, nothing happens. What is something I can do today? What difference can it make? You know, I always ask myself that. You really don't know. I'm, I'm right now, I'm, in a, I'm living in a sort of an uncertain phase in my life because I only work part-time and I'm still looking for a full-time job. But um, don't be afraid. Really just embrace it. Because if you go on, if you have faith in yourself, it's going to pop up, whatever it is. I, I truly believe in that. Probably three words now that come to mind when I think of adulting, adulting, quote unquote. <laughs> um, it's patience, ambition, and comfortability. Because so I say ambition because you really need to go get it, as you said. Like you need to go out there and um, apply yourself where you need to. Yeah, definitely. You need patience because. To be honest, it's taken a lot of patience for me to get where I am. It's about like applying to jobs with being patient and waiting for them to reply back to you and just doing it again. Um, and comfortability is more just like know where you're comfortable or know, like just know yourself. Like yes. it's like know where you're going to be comfortable and not, but also give it a chance. Like patience really plays into role with that too. And I think ambition as well. Like don't be too ambitious that you're impatient and don't be too... Um, too impatient to not be comfortable like you have to balance I think all of it mm-hmm. um I think that's mostly what comes to mind right now adulting is super super hard <laughs> it is probably the worst thing we could have ever done to ourselves um no I think you know it's just always pushing your boundaries I think that's so important always push to learn more always push to like find out about like if you feel stuck and uncertain I think it's finding looking for ways to get out of that uncertainty, looking for programs to further develop skills that you can be doing, looking at your, you know, going to networking events and just continuously trying to push yourself. And I feel like that's how you really grow as a person. And just like you were saying, never give up. (laughs) You have to keep pushing forward. Um, And overall, I think the biggest lesson um, is if you need to stop, it's okay. If you need to get off your... Uh, road towards where you think you're heading and you don't like the direction where you're heading, it's fine to switch it up. I think that's also important. As we're like discovering who we are, as we're discovering what like entices us, um, I think we just have to push forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so great. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show today. Oh. Especially Andy. She's video actually video chatting us from Maryland. Woo! Yes. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Hubert. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in on this episode of Dash American. We encourage you guys to continue the conversation about culture and identity, so share and comment on Facebook. Let us know if there's any other identities and groups that you belong to that deserve to be talked about. It is your narrative, and it is valid. Thanks again, you guys. See you next time on another episode of Dash American.